0: Good morning you ever been to a um, wedding reception? Yeah how many wedding receptions have you been to that's probably not a good question to ask at the start of a message because that's what you're going to be thinking about now let's see I, I don't know how many I've been to I've been to probably hundreds, not because I've got a lot of friends but because of my job you know that I Officiate and people feel obligated to invite me and I actually go. Um, They're awesome. Wedding receptions are awesome, aren't they? I mean, it is, they're so much fun. They are, they're just, you know, joyful, fun, wonderful kinds of experiences. And like I said, I've been to so many. I've seen a whole wide variety from really simple receptions to very elaborate, Kind of uh, receptions, and uh, but the thing that they share in common, some of the things they share in common, is um, most receptions. There's there's kind of poignant moments, you know. So that moment where the couple will do their first dance together, and you know you're watching them looking lovingly into each other's eyes, or when the Uh, bride dances with her daddy, or the groom dances with his mom, and uh, those are just kind of wonderful poignant moments. Sometimes the toast, uh, it can be very poignant. Sometimes the toast is funny. Sometimes the toast is just painful. You know, like, please just stop talking. So, these are the, the kinds of great, great experiences. And, of course, there's wonderful food and, and drink and music, usually, and dancing, oftentimes. And there's those little things that go on at a lot of weddings. Um, you know, those, those kind of group participation moments in weddings. You know, everybody's dancing, and then a song comes on. I think this one's still happening in, in a lot of wedding receptions, um, Sweet Caroline, good times never seem so good. good, good, good. Just over here, huh? You guys don't go to receptions. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, they're great, they're wonderful, they're happy events, they're terrific. Jesus said the kingdom of God is going to be like that. The kingdom of God is like a banquet. Not a boring banquet, I'm sure, where you're sitting quietly and all you hear is the clinking of silverware and crystal and people speaking in hushed and very British accents. It's lovely to be here with you, Gold. I don't think that's what he meant. I think it's going to be, you know, there are going to be great events, Wonderful events, the kingdom of God is like that. We're in a series right now on the parables of Jesus, and we're calling this series, wait, what? Because in the stories that Jesus told, there were usually twists and turns in these stories that caught people off guard. He was describing in these stories what the kingdom of God is like, and in these stories, there would be things that he would say that people would go, did I hear that? Wait, what? That doesn't sound, that sounds different. That sounds new. I didn't know that. That's unexpected. And so we're looking at these parables because I think that they catch us by surprise at times as well. So the parable that we're looking at this morning is uh, from the Gospel of Luke. It's also found in the Gospel of Matthew. We're looking at Luke's version of this story. And uh, you just heard it read, It's the the story of the kingdom of God as a banquet. And in this story, there's kind of four characters, if you will. There is the master, then there are the guests that were invited first, and then there were the guests that were invited later, and then the servants. And so I want to unpack this parable a little bit, And uh, I'm not going to read it. You heard it read already. I just want to tell the story and, and see what we can learn about the kingdom of God through this story that Jesus told. So the first kind of character in the story is the master. And it's pretty obvious that the master in the story is God. So we have God as the master who's Putting together a banquet. A couple of things that I think are interesting in what Jesus is telling us about the Father. One is that the kingdom of God is a party, it's a great banquet, and it's being prepared, that there's preparation going on, that, that the, the Master, God, is preparing this great banquet, this great feast. It's a time of preparation. You know, I'm often asked, not often, but I'm asked on occasion what I think heaven will be like. It's always an interesting question, right? What what do you think heaven will be like? And the way I answer typically is, you know, all I know is what I read in Scripture about heaven. So it would seem that it is going to be like a banquet. It's going to be a party. That God is in a preparation process. In fact, Jesus, at the Last Supper in John 14, told his disciples as he was preparing them for his impending crucifixion, he said, I am going to prepare a place for you so that I can take you to be with me. In my Father's house are many rooms, right? I'm going to prepare a place, this idea of preparation. So God is preparing a place. Jesus described it as his Father's house. Here it's described as a banquet. I think what Jesus is trying to tell us is that it's going to be a familiar place. It's going to be a comfortable place sort of like a banquet or like a home it will feel familiar this whole idea of you know sitting on clouds with harps and wings and so forth i don't think that's it we know that in genesis when god created the world what did he say about it it's good God looked at what he created and said, it's good. All before the fall, all before sin invaded and messed everything up, as God looked at earth, he said, it's good. And so I've got to believe that there are elements of this good earth that will be part of our experience in heaven. Familiar, comfortable, rejoicing, Goodness. I think that's my sense, anyway, of what heaven's going to be like. One other thing that Jesus said about heaven is in telling another little story, when he was asked about it, he said, it's like a man who uh, was walking through a field and found a pearl in that field. It was the most exquisite thing he had ever seen. And so he put it down, he ran off, and he sold everything he had in order to get the money to buy that field. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like that. If you had a glimpse of it, it's beyond our understanding, but if you just had a glimpse of it, you would gladly give up everything that you had in order to possess it. The Master is preparing a banquet. The other thing it tells us, Jesus tells us in this story about the Master, is that he sends out invitations. The master is inviting people to come to his banquet. And so he sends out his servants to let people know that the master is preparing a banquet. And when it's all set, when it's all ready, they'll come and let them know to come to the banquet. The second group is widely understood to be the nation of Israel, the Jewish faith, people um, of the Jewish faith, God's chosen people. And so they have this advanced warning that a banquet is coming, a party is coming. God is working on this thing. And all throughout Jewish history, through their religious life, there has been this understanding that God was going to be sending a Messiah. And the Messiah was going to come and the Messiah was going to rule forever and that they would be you know, living in the glory of God for eternity. The Messiah was coming. Not here yet, but the Messiah is coming. And so invitations are going out. Now we do this with weddings, right? You send out an invitation in advance of the event. In fact, anymore, weddings are planned so far out, that couples will even send a save-the-date card first before the invitation comes, right? So you send this card. It's usually got a picture of the couple on it, you know, like they're out on a beach somewhere, and it's, you know, this very natural pose. Um, it's a save-the-date card, and that goes on our refrigerator. When we get one of those, it goes on our refrigerator because it reminds us that we have this, this event coming. And then the invitation comes, Right? They send the invitation, you open the invitation, and it's you know, talking about the details of the wedding and inviting you to come, and then there is the response card, right? And you respond, yes, I'm coming. No, I can't make it. Why does God do that? Why, why is it an invitation with the ability to make a choice. Yes, I'm coming. No, I can't come. And the answer is both simple and profound. Because love always involves a choice. For love to be love, it has to involve a choice. We have the choice to say to the master, yes, I'm coming to the banquet, or no, I'm not coming. So the servants go out in advance to let everybody know that this banquet is coming and be prepared. And now the story takes this twist. You know, so up until now, people listening to Jesus' story are like on board, right? This all sounds right. But now the story takes this twist where the master now is ready. Everything is ready to go. Everything is in place. And he sends his servants back out. Back out to all of those people who had been invited. All of those people who had RSVP'd saying, Yep, I'm coming. Sign me up. I'm on board. I'll be there. And now the servants go out to say, The time is now. And one by one by one, they tell him, I can't make it. Can't make it. That's annoying, isn't it? I mean, when you invite somebody to your party, and they say yes, and then last minute, like the day of, oh, I can't make it. And the excuses are Interesting. Right. So the excuses in the story are, I just bought a field, I just bought cattle, I just got married. Okay? In modern day, what these people are saying is, the person who just bought a field is saying, I've got a crazy amount of work I've got to do. You know, my business is booming, I've got deals I've got worked on. Um, I've got all of this work I've got to do. And yeah, I said, I know I said yes, but I'm just too busy now. I I just, I can't even think about this. I'm, I'm busy at work. Okay. The cattle one is the guy just got cattle and he wants to try them out. So, you know, this is like a piece of equipment, right? I just got a new truck and I want to try out my new truck. I just got a new car, and I want to take it out for a nice ride. I just got some new piece of technology, and I just, I, I can't leave it alone. I just got i I'm working on this piece of technology, and I, I can't stop. I've got a new game system, right? I can't. I can't make it. I, I, got, I got this cool thing that I'm just totally focused on. I can't make it. And the third one is really pathetic. I just got married, right? In this time period in Palestine, it was common practice that when a couple got married, the husband was relieved from any major responsibilities for a year. Amen, right? Let's get back to the good old days. A year, Like you didn't have to serve in the military for a year, you know, any major responsibilities outside of just normal life, you had off for a year. Marilyn and I, when we got married, um, it was in the end of July, she's a school teacher, so she's not starting school until the beginning of September. I'm starting seminary in the beginning of September. We had the month of August off. It was amazing. I still remember. We've been married 36 years. I still remember having that month off. They get a year. And the excuse is, I can't make it to your party because I just got married. This is just pure laziness. right? I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to get off the couch. I'm not going to come. They said yes. They RSVP'd yes. But then they end up saying, I'm not going to come. It's a recognition, Jesus saying that the Messiah, the promised Messiah has come. You're invited to join. And you're saying no. You're turning it down. Even though you thought you were going to, be on board even though you said you'd come when the opportunity was presented you said no the next group in the story is uh this group of people who so you know the story unfolds everybody says no the servants come back now imagine the frustration of the master right Like, it's one thing, it's annoying when a couple of people that you were expecting don't show up, right? Like, you were planning on them being there, and you had food for them, and a place at the table for them, and so forth, and it's a little annoying that they don't show up, and, you know, hopefully they had a better excuse than these guys. Nobody is coming. Nobody is coming to the banquet. But the master is not done, you know, the master doesn't just close his doors and say, heck with it, no banquet. Instead, what the master does is he says to his servants, I want you to go into town and I want you to invite everybody else. Everybody else, the blind, the lame, the poor, the lost, whoever you see, that hadn't been invited, I want you to invite them to come to the party. And I'm thinking about what that must have been like. So picture the story, right? So you're in this village. You, you you know, and what I picture is this great mansion that's sitting up on a hill. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows it. Nobody ever gets to go there. You know, that's where some rich guy lives. And, uh, and some servant, some guy comes up to you and says, hey, you see that place? Yeah, I see that place. Well, they're having a banquet. Oh, well, good for them. And you're invited. What? Yeah, you're invited. Wow, well, I, I can't. I, I don't have anything to wear. I, how, how much would it cost? It's free. You don't need to change anything. You just need to go. Really? When is it? Now? What? So I'm reading this, and I'm remembering something that happened to me this spring. So this spring, now let me set this up for you so you don't totally tune me out because you're turned off by the team, okay? I'm a Yankees fan. Nice. I can't help it, I was born this way. All right. My grandfather was a Yankees fan, my father was a Yankees fan, I was just born this way, all right? Tried to raise my son this way, it did not work out. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> There's still time. All right. So I'm a Yankees fan. That's that's the setup. So This spring, I get a call from a friend, and he says, "Um, I got two tickets to the Yankees home opener. Wow, good for you. And I can't use them. Um, And they're in the champions box, right down the third baseline. Has its own little, like, Restaurant behind it and food service, and it comes with a limo. I know, (laughs) right? Can you go? And I'm looking at my calendar, you know, like I can change that, I can change that, I can move that. All I had to do was say yes. And that's what I said, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'll go. It was amazing, right? So I get this ticket, and um, a limo comes to my house, drives me up to the Bronx, Yankee Stadium, right? Right? and it's in the special box seats so you got to go through different layers of you know being checked you know my ticket got checked a bunch of times and by the time I get to the champion section I'm now being escorted down to my seat and I sit down and I am just like blown away that I'm here and I'm thinking about my dad I've been to Yankees, not this Yankee Stadium, the old stadium that they tore down a few years ago. This is the new one, but they look very similar. And, uh, And when I would go with my dad, like we were nosebleed section kind of folk, right? The fact that I am in this seat, right down by the third baseline, and I'm just filled with a sense of gratitude, excitement, I'm kind of humbled, like, I don't really belong here, I, I could never really afford to do this. And it was free. And all I had to do was say, yes. It must have felt like that for those folks who got that invitation to go to the master's banquet. The poor, the lame, the blind, the lost. You know who that is in this story? That's you. That's you and that's me. We're not part of God's chosen people. And what Jesus is putting people on notice about in this story is that that covenant that God made is now closing down. The covenant he made with Israel that they would be a light to the nations to point the nations to Yahweh, that covenant was now closing. A new covenant, a new promise from God was being made that the kingdom of God is for everyone. And you don't have to change a thing It doesn't cost you a thing. All you have to do is say yes. Yes. And begin the journey to the banquet. There's one more group in this story, right? The servants the master servants who go out and make the invitation, right? Who are they? You and me who work for the master. We are servants of the master. We've been invited to the banquet and we get to invite others to come along as well. So part two of my Yankee story, there were two tickets. Friend couldn't go. Almost as good as getting the ticket was calling a buddy and saying, guess what? I got a ticket for you and a limo for you. And are you ready for this? It's free. That was awesome. I mean, I just—I was just savoring. I wanted—I like—I asked him in slow motion. He's not even a Yankees fan, but he got it. You know, like this is a pretty incredible gift. We get to do that. The kingdom of God is a banquet. It's a party. It's comfortable and familiar and for all. And you don't have to change a thing. All we have to do is say yes. And we get to tell others about the kingdom of God, about a Messiah, God incarnate who loved the world so much that he came to show us the way, to offer us truth and give us new life. And all we have to do is say yes. Yes to Jesus. Yes to the kingdom of God. Yes. So the band is going to come up and they're going to close us out uh, this morning. And uh, while they're getting their stuff strapped on and whatnot, um, let's just take a a few moments uh, in prayer. If you have never said yes to Jesus, this is a great opportunity for you to say yes to that banquet, to take your invitation to come into the kingdom of God. If you've prayed that prayer, this is your opportunity to offer thanks again. Man, I could not thank the person who gave me the ticket. I couldn't thank him enough. Sitting at the ball game, texting. Thank you. Next inning. Thank you. Hot dog. Thank you. All the food was free, by the way. Food was free. Did I mention that? Free food. <laughs> um, so, an opportunity for you to say thanks um, and to pray for somebody that you know that um, that maybe you could invite into the kingdom of God. So let's just take a few moments for you to do some business with God. Let's pray. Jesus, that was a great story. So rich in what it tells us about the Father, about the kingdom of God, and about our place in it. Thank you for telling that story. Thank you for the invitation that we received, whether it was years ago or just this morning. Thank you that you give us a choice to love. Lord, thanks that we're able to enter into your kingdom now and forever. Lord, we lift up those men and women who we know that may seem far from you right now may be struggling to believe, struggling with a painful past. We lift them to you, God, knowing that you love them with an undying love, that you desire to welcome them into the banquet, that you've got a place for them there. And so we pray for them as well this morning. with joy, with gratitude, with a deep humility. And in Jesus' name, amen.